Let's go before the Lord. Dear eternal God, our Father, we come to you this morning. God, we thank you and we praise you, God, for this is the day that you've made. God, we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. God, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. And we ask, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you would let me decrease, that you might increase, Father. Let them hear your words, God. That, God, you might be glorified, Father, in this hour, God. That's what we endeavor to do, Father, is to glorify your name, Heavenly Father. But it's not about us. We are simply vessels, God. We want to be fit for your use, Father. Speak to us and speak through us, God, that we might have edification for the church, God, to build up the church in the most holy faith, Heavenly Father, Lord, and to be encouraged to go on a little bit further, God. We thank you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and thank God. Amen, amen. Thank and praise God. Listen here, our text this morning is going to come from the same book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. We're going to read just one verse in your hearing this morning. And we're going to follow it up with a question. Matthew's Gospel, the sixth chapter. We're going to lift verse number 33. Here's a page is turning. Say amen when you have it. Amen, amen, amen. Matthew 6 and 33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. My text, the title for this text, is in the form of a question. And that question is, what you looking for? What you looking for? The reality of it is that all, all of us are looking for something. We all are in search of something in life. We woke, wake up every morning with our own personal ambitions, our own personal goals, our own personal desires. We're all searching for something. Some of us are searching for success and achievements through our careers, through promotions, through professional recognition. All of us are looking for something. And then there's those ones that are looking for happiness and fulfillment through relationships, through affiliations, through friendships. Perhaps you're looking for health and wellness. You're looking to be the best you that you can be. And that's fine. That's good. But understand that should not be the ultimate goal. Some of us are pursuing knowledge and education, personal development. We have our different goals and aspirations of life. We're seeking out the things that we want. And it borderlines sometimes covetousness. It borderlines sometimes idolatry. Because we have a misplaced faith a misplaced desire to be recognized, to be honored. 
But understand there's a greater thing that we should be looking for in life. We should be seeking after the giver of life. The one who initiated all of this. You see, the problem is, is that we, 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 we think that we're going to receive satisfaction in our accomplishments. We feel as though we're going to achieve satisfaction in the things and the stuff that we have. There's a whole lot of rich people, well-to-do people, well-recognized people that are unhappy in their life standing right now. But I know what you're saying. You, you're saying, well, give it to me. I'm different. <laughs> give, me, give me this stuff. I, Lord, I know how to handle it. I, I can handle this. You start saying, God, test me. <laughs> give me the stuff. Well, 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 you're human. And you know, the saying is that everybody can be bought. As a matter of fact, Satan been buying some of us for a long time. We become satisfied with the little trinkets that he comes to give us. You, you, you think because you've got the well-paying job that you've arrived. But understand, there's a greater something that God has for you. There's a greater gift that God wants to give you. But we keep chasing after and, and, and looking for these little small trinkets that the world has to offer us. You see, because you can have all the possessions, all the money in the world, and lose your mind and it not mean anything to you. But God comes to give you Something that is eternal. And that's why I love this, this Sermon on the Mount. Because the Sermon on the Mount is future looking. It is for now, right now, we can use it now, but it's future looking. There is a kingdom that is coming. And I don't know about you, but I desire, I have a craving to be in this kingdom that God is bringing to us. So, what are you looking for? What are you searching for? Here, here, here in the text, Jesus is teaching. He's teaching them how to survive, how to live in this world with a kingdom mindset. And if you were part of Bible study on last year, we went through this entire Sermon on the Mount. It took us a few months to get through it. But it was about us and how we are to conduct our lives, how we are to live our lives when it comes to the kingdom mindset. You know, Paul said like this, he said, I could not speak unto you as spiritual. Why? Because you're carnally minded. And understand that the carnal mind cannot comprehend the kingdom mind. If you're going to be kingdom-minded, you got to let go of the carnal mind. Because, see, the kingdom setup does not make sense to the natural man. Doesn't make sense to turn the other cheek. Somebody slap you, you want to slap them back. 
does that make sense? That if I decide I want to take something from somebody to cut off my right hand, that don't make sense. But the whole ideology behind this kingdom mindset is to get us and to raise our consciousness to what God thinks and not necessarily to what we think. But what Jesus is giving them is that he's giving them the spirit of the law rather than the intent of the law. In other words, why did God give them the law in the first place? Well, he gave the law because we can't live in sin with one another without killing each other. And so he found it necessary to sit down and to teach them to get them to understand the principles of the kingdom lifestyle that they have been called to. And just like they need to understand it, so do we. We need to understand we are of a different kingdom. This world is not our home. We come from a whole different place. Different kingdom, a different makeup, a different way of thinking God has given us. So this kingdom mindset, Jesus begins to preach. For this kingdom message was central theme to his teaching. As a matter of fact, he announces the kingdom in the book of Mark, the first chapter, verse number 15. He says, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news or the gospel message. So the good news is that the kingdom is here. And I know you, you, you're looking for a, a, a geographical kingdom, a location to go to the kingdom. But no, the kingdom is within us. You see, because the kingdom is wherever the king is. That, that, that's the kingdom there. We, we, we keep looking for the kingdom in a building and it's not in the building. We, we, we look for kingdoms in square footage, in square miles, but it's not in that. It's a kingdom that lives within us. We're talking to the believers now. Because when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ and asked him to come into your heart and to save you, you're receiving the kingdom of God. Why? Because the king of kings has come in. Not only is he the king of kings, but he's the king of glory. When you invite him in, he comes in, he lives in you. So you're kingdom dwellers, kingdom walkers. We walk as though we're in the kingdom. We walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. Because that's the only way that you can fulfill the tenets of the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, I, I live in this world. I have an address here in this world. But I got a kingdom that's beyond this world. And it's based upon my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus tells him when he stood before, he said, listen, my kingdom is not of this world. It's not limited to this world. There's too many limitations in this world for God's kingdom to be of this world. Too many limitations. God is too big for this world. Why? Because he created the world. And not only the world, but he created the entire universe. 
He's beyond your thoughts. He's beyond your intellect when it comes to the kingdom. But yet we still limit ourselves. We're still looking for things down here on earth. We're still trying to be tied to this earth. You see, I, 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 I long for the kingdom. I long to see the day of the kingdom. That, that, that's what I'm looking for. You see, because I realize that, that, that in that kingdom, there's no more crying, there's no more pain, there's no more killing, there's no more backstabbing, there's no more lying, there's no more cheating. In this kingdom, there's nothing but bliss. There's nothing but the righteousness of God. Come on, somebody. Don't you long, aren't you looking for that? We have to separate ourselves from this world, this worldly mindset. That, that, that's the problem with the church today. And listen, listen, and that, that, that's the reason why this world is filled with so much darkness. I was telling them at the funeral yesterday, I said, listen, the reason why there's so much darkness in the world is not because of the sinfulness of man. It's because Christians won't let their lights shine in this dark world. That's the, that's, the, that's the kingdom mindset. That regardless to whatever you're going through, no matter what the situation and the circumstance is, you still let your light shine. You say, listen, to God be the glory. Even if it takes my life, God, you be glorified in my life. And yes, even in my death, God. It takes me out of here. I'm going to glorify you, God. I'm going to praise you, God. I'll praise you all the way to my death, God. I'll praise you even when I don't feel like it, God. I'll give your name glory even when it hurts, God. I'm going to praise your name, God. Because I got a kingdom mindset. You, 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 you can destroy this body. I'm not worried about that. Well, I'm worried about the one who can destroy the body and cast my soul into hell. And that's the king of king. That's the king of glory. So what are you looking for? What are you looking for? Jesus tells us that we can enter this kingdom. There's a requirement to enter this kingdom. This requirement emphasizes repentance and faith and a childlike heart, a spirit of humility. It's really denying oneself. It's counting yourself as nothing. And realizing that because I am nothing, I got to hold on to someone. And the only one that you can hold on when you're nothing is someone who is, who is greater than all. And that is God. That's the only way that you can qualify to come into the kingdom. And Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. This is the kingdom of God. What, what that verse really tells us is that, that, that you've got to consider yourself spiritually bankrupt. That, that, that God, I have nothing to offer you other than my life. Because God is not interested in your stuff. 
He's not interested in your money. He's not interested in your education. He's not interested in your job, your professions, none of that stuff. But what God is interested in is you. He desires to have you. He, he, he desires to lead your feet down the paths of righteousness. That's what he desires to do. Because God sees stuff that we don't see. Because Satan has come and he's blinded the minds and the eyes of those who don't believe. But I'm afraid that there's some folk that's in the church that have been blinded by the things of this world, the stuff in this world. My prayer is that God will remove our blinders. That he'll see what we have, the benefits that we have being kingdom dwellers. I belong to the kingdom. Yes, I have an American, a United States citizenship, but I got a citizenship that's on high. I got a, a citizenship in, in, in heavens with God. In the book, in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians, it said that we are all made to sit in heavenly places. And so therefore, we're, we're, we're just about there. If we're in Christ Jesus, God has already picked out a seat in the kingdom for you if you're in Christ Jesus. So why we keep holding on? Why we keep looking for things on this earth? Listen, I'm not trying to get out of here before my time. I'm going to do the work that God has assigned my hand. But when it's my time to go, it's my time to go. I have no problems with that. The only problem that I had with that is that, Lord, maybe I could have done more for your glory than what I've been doing. And that's why I don't have a problem committing myself to the work of the ministry. I have no problems with sacrificing the stuff that I want to do, that God's glory might be made manifest. I don't have any problems with that. So it only, it also, it affects our commitment. Which world are you committed to? Are you committed to this world and the things that it has to offer? And I, and I know, I know the problem with it is that you can't, you can't physically touch and, and see the kingdom of God. But it's more real than the one that you're looking at every day. Why? Because it's eternal. It has always been there. So we are to become kingdom seekers. Look at here. Let me, let me, in the Greek, in the Greek, this word seek. It means to seek by thinking, meditating, and reasoning, and to inquire of. It is to seek after, to seek for, to aim, to strive after. It even goes as far as to require or to demand something. Not only are we just mentally seeking it, but we're looking, we're searching it out. We're waiting to pursue it and to grab it, hold to it. This is, this is, this is the tenacity that we must have when we're seeking the kingdom of God. Look here. It is to crave, to demand something from someone. That's what this word seek means here. It goes more beyond just a mere, just looking for something. 
No, 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 no. We're to search it out. Come on, don't get quiet on me now. We're to search it out. We're to crave it. We're to love it. We're to embrace the kingdom. We're to treasure it. That's the, that's the true treasure. That, that, that's, that's God's true treasure for us. It's not this stuff down here on earth. So when we seek, we prioritize God's kingdom. Jesus encourages us to, to make God's kingdom or seeking God's kingdom the primary concern in our lives. It should be job one. The first thing that we do is to seek God's kingdom. In other words, we're to make it a priority. He says, seek ye first. And you know what? I looked up that word first in the Greek. You know what that word means? First. You're absolutely right. That's what it means. It means to make it priority by rank and by importance. It's to be the primary thing that we look for. So in other words, when you wake up in the morning, before you do anything, say anything, you need to be seeking God's kingdom. You, you, you don't need to get up and get on your phone and see how many hits you got on Facebook. You, you don't need to be checking your emails and your, and, and your text messages. But we need to be seeking God. We need to be seeking the kingdom of God. That place of righteousness. Because he goes on and says, seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteous, righteousness is that moral standard that God has given us in his word. We, we were to live lives of righteousness. And it's God's righteousness that we are to seek. Not our own righteousness. Everything that we do, everything that we do in this life should be unto the glory of God. That he might be glorified. Listen, I don't care what you have, what, what, what God has blessed you with. It should be done unto the glory of God. If you got a gift, if you got a talent you, that you can bless God with, give it as unto the glory of God. Got far too many preachers and pastors out here that are doing it for the money. And they, and they don't mind flaunting it either. One, 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 one preacher talked about he had, chandel, he had 22 chandeliers in his house. And one of the chandeliers cost more than most of the people in the pew's house. Shame on you. We need to be doing things for the glory of God. It's not always about getting a paycheck. It's not always getting paid for what we do. There's some time we need to do it just for God's glory, that he might be glorified in what we do. You see, because God pays better than man pays. Amen. God, 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 God can fix things for you that man can't fix. God, God can get you out of some situations that man can't get you out of. God, God can heal your body when the doctors can't do nothing with you. He can do that. So, 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 so what's with this? It's God's righteousness. We seek God's righteousness. 
This is, this is to pursue the life and the conformity of God's standards in his word. We read God's word. We understand God's word. We obey God's word. And that, that, that's another problem in the church is that, that you got a whole lot of folk that know the word but can't do the word or won't do the word, should I say. The Bible said that we are to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. Far too many of the hearing God's word, we memorize scripture, but you ain't doing the God's word. Because God's word comes to have an effect on you. It's designed is to get you from this worldly mindset to a kingdom mindset. Listen here. It's not about us. It's not about our righteousness. As a matter of fact, Isaiah says in, in 6 and 4, he said, but we are all as unclean things. That's us. And all our righteousness are as filthy rags. We do all fade as leaf. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Romans 3 and 10 says, there is none righteous. Not one of us. Not one of us are righteous. But all thank God for the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God reaches beyond our filthiness, our, our sinfulness. Because God does not deal with us according to our sin, but according to his mercy, he deals with us. Listen here, Romans 3 and 21 says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all upon them that believe. There is no difference. So, so, so we're operating not in our own righteousness, but we have the righteousness of God. God gives us this righteousness and he gives it came at a very heavy price. Jesus paid the price for the righteousness that we have. Paul tells him in 2 Corinthians in the 5th chapter, he says, for he that made him to be sin for us. Listen here, that's Jesus, who knew no sin, that we might be made, listen here, the righteousness of God in him. So, so, so here's what the text said. The text said that, 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 that Christ, when he died upon the cross, took our sin upon him. All of our sin and the wrath associated with the sin was poured out on Christ. Listen here. In exchange for it, he gave us his righteousness. Come on, he gave us his righteousness. We're made the righteousness of Christ. God is developing us. He's, he's making us into his image of his son. The righteousness of him. So, 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 so we have what's known as imputed righteousness where it's been given to us freely. But then we must walk this thing out. We must be sanctified and our righteousness that we have been imputed to us must come out in our walk and how we live our lives. God, because you've been so good, to forgive me of my sin because you've been so good to cleanse me, God. And you've given me your, your righteousness. God, I'm going to walk this thing out. And we do it by the power of God's Holy Ghost. You see, you cannot walk out the righteousness of God and you ain't moved by the Spirit of God. 
You got to let the spirit of God take control of your life. You got to surrender to him and let him have full authority over your life. You got to have him in the forefront of every decision you make. Every choice you make. He needs to be at the forefront of it. This is, this, 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 this is when your walk lines up with the righteousness of God. This, 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 ain't for, this ain't for baby Christians here. You see, you got to grow up to get to this place. It requires you getting off the milk of God's word and getting that meat of God's word, listening and obeying God's word that you can get to this place. You, 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 you can't get to this place on your own. So, 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 so here we say that we must also seek his righteousness. And then thirdly, we see here, and all of these things shall be added unto you. What that tells me is that, 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 that there's times that we got to wait on the provisions of God. You, you, you can't get ahead of God and start trying to work out things for yourself. You, you, you can't be out there trying to manufacture some blessings. That, that, that does not work with God. God, when he blesses, he's going to bless. He don't need your help to bless you. And as a matter of fact, you don't even have to ask God for blessings. You ain't got to reach up and get your blessing. You ain't got to do none of that stuff. All you got to do is wait on the Lord. You see, because what waiting on the Lord does for you, not only does it, it strengthen you, but it, but it strengthens your character. It gives you the patience and, and, the, and the strength to be able to wait on our almighty God. God knows everything you stand in need of. He also knows everything you stand in greed of as well. But he's going to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. He is the giver of every good and perfect gift. It's God that does that. We got to trust in God. Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thine own understanding in all of thy ways. Acknowledge him and he will what? Direct your path. It's waiting on the Lord. You see, because that's what trusting does. It requires that you wait on God. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to work it out. Let God do it. He's able to do it. Putting our spiritual needs above our physical needs. That's a part of it as well. You, you, you keep asking for certain stuff, and God knows that you ain't ready for it. He knows that it'll, 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 it'll hinder your spiritual growth. You keep trying to reach out and grab it and make stuff happen. No, maybe God said you ain't ready for it yet. You need to just wait on God. You need to see what the Lord is going to do. Because what good does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose your soul? What, what, what does it profit you? It profits you nothing. Yeah, I, I got the good job. I got the house on the hill, but I'm on my way to hell. Give me a little shack by the side of the road. 
I, listen, if I got a clean bathroom for the rest of my life, if I'm in the will of God, I'm fine. Glory to God. Now, God, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> but if it did, I'm willing to accept it. Because God is doing this thing. He's doing this thing in the life of believers. Those ones who have surrendered their lives unto him. You, you, we need to change the way we think. We need to come out of this carnal way of thinking and begin to think kingdom-minded. What does the kingdom require? Well, the kingdom requires our faith. Our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the only way that we can be kingdom dwellers is that something had to be sacrificed. We, we, we could not come in the presence of a holy and a righteous God in our sinful condition. So, so, so before we came into the kingdom of God, God had to make a way. God had to make a truth. God had to make a life. And so therefore, that's what he did. He came down here through 42 generations that he might become the way unto the Father. Yes, he did. He came down. He suffered, bled, and died on a whole rugged cross over 2,000 years ago. That was the requirement for the righteousness of God. Something had to die. The good news is that it's not us that died. It was him that died for us. He paid the price for our sinfulness. He gave his life for us. They hung him upon the cross, nailed him in his hands, nailed him in his feet. They pierced him in his side. Bible said that he died on that cross. But before he died, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He said that it's, it's finished. God, I've completed the task that you sent me for. Now they can become kingdom dwellers. Why? Because the way has been provided for them. Yes, he died upon that cross. They buried him in the tomb, and on the third day he rose with all power of heaven and earth in his hands. And it's by that that we can come to God. It's by that we can surrender our lives to God. If we believe that, if we trust that. The Bible said that you are in the kingdom of God. Now you have dual kingdom citizenship. But our citizenship is on high. Where Jesus is right now. Where he's still making an intercession. He's still praying for you and he's still praying for me. He wants you to be with him and spend eternity with him. He wants you to enjoy the joy of your salvation in him. And so we can live as kingdom citizens right here on earth. Until he comes back. Because the Bible said that he's going to set up his kingdom here on earth. And we're going to reign with him. And I want to be there with him. I want to reign with him. Because it, the price was far too high. And I'm not worthy. But he did it anyway. 
Please stand to your feet. The door to the church is open. This is an opportunity for you to come and to surrender your life. If you do not know Christ in the pardon of your sin, if you're still in your sin, you have no other recourse if you leave here but to pay for your sin yourself. And trust and believe you're ill-equipped to pay for that sin. The consequences of is that the individual who refuses and rejects Jesus Christ will spend eternity in a burning hell. But if you come and surrender your life, if you come as you say yes to you, God, I give my all. He's promised you that you will have eternal life and that you will live with him forever. Is there one? Maybe you're looking for a church home. We would love for you to consider us. The choice is yours. The decision is yours. What are you looking for? God has everything that you're looking for. All it takes is a simple step of faith. Amen. You may be seated. tell you I don't believe that there's been a passage of scripture that has impacted my life here in the last five or six years than this Sermon on the Mount when you begin to look at it you begin to study it what you get out of it is that you get purpose for your life God is a purposeful God. And he wants to give purpose to all of us. I know, I know you think that you've been living in purpose. But there's a greater work that God has for all of us. There's so much better that God has for all of us. I know, I know I went to the cross and I closed this term, but God has just put this on my heart. That we've got to come out of this carnal way of thinking. And we've got to raise ourselves to a place of seeking God first. Make it a priority of God first. Stop, stop putting God on the back burner. Stop, stop saying that God understands. No, 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 no. We need to bring God to the forefront, church. 
That, that's the only way we're going to make it, is that he is, in, he is a jealous God. He will not share his glory with anyone else. Please think about that. Begin to look at your life and find out, God, have I prioritized you, God? Have I put you in the place of prominence in my life? God, are you really on the throne of my life? Because that's where I need you. I need you on the throne of my life, God. I don't need you on the outside looking in. God, I need you to control my life. God, I need you to work on me. I need you to fix me, God. There's some stuff in me that is not right, God. I need you to fix me, God. No longer will I point fingers at anybody else, God. It's me that's standing in the need of prayer. It's me that's standing in the need of your help, God. It's me. I can't make it without you been trying far too long. I can't make it, God. Because, Lord, if you don't step in, this world will consume me, God. But I realize that in your word, you said that I'm more than a conqueror. You've given me everything that I need. I stand in faith right now. I stand declaring the word of God right now. I speak in faith over my life, God. I say what the Bible has to say about me. I refuse to believe the report of this world concerning me, God. God, I want to know what you're saying about me, God. How can I be made better, God? How can I be fit for your use? Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name, God. Come on, if you don't too bad, let's stand to your feet. Let's, let's give God a praise right now. Glory to your name, God. We worship you, God. We praise your name, oh God. You and you alone are worthy, God. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, God. You are worthy, God. Come on down to the throne of grace as we close in prayer. Glory to your name, God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're worthy, oh God. I know somebody out there needs to be set free, God. I know, I know somebody out here is struggling with some things. You've been battling for quite a long time. God says that you can be free. That you can be made whole. That's what the Lord desires. Glory to your name. Come on down. Come on, come on, come on. Let's wait on our babies. He's worthy to be praised. Glory to your name, God. Thank you, God. Wonderful God, wonderful God.
as we pray, I want you to join with me in agreement that God's going to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. He's going to break some bounds right now. He's going to break some chains today. That's what God desires to do in your life. So I want you to pray in agreement with me. Come on, let's go before the Lord. Dear eternal God, our Father, we come to you today, God. We thank you and we praise you, Heavenly Father, Lord, for all that you do, Father. We honor you, Father, for who you are, Father. And we know that you are the King of kings. The Lord of lords. That you are the King of glory, God. And God, we put you in your rightful place. Lord, not just in this church, but God, in our hearts, Father. And we're praying right now, God, if you're not on the throne of our lives, God. We're asking you to remove whatever we have there, God. And to sit right there in the throne of our lives, God. Lord, we submit ourselves to your Holy Spirit, God. We submit ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, God. Because we realize that, God, we cannot make it without him. That's why we keep failing, God, is because we're trying to do this on our own, God. But, Lord, we need to submit ourselves to the work of your Holy Spirit, God. Lord, that we might be made better, Heavenly Father, that, God, we might be a blessing and we add glory to your name, Heavenly Father. Father, touch everyone that's here. God, we all come looking for something. We all come seeking for something, God. And so, God, I'm praying right now that, God, you will meet each and every one of us at our need, Heavenly Father, Lord. Meet us in the tender areas, Heavenly Father, Lord, that need healing this morning, God. We're asking that you'll heal, that you'll mend, that God, yes, you'll even deliver us, God. God, we're praying right now that you'll bless us, that when we leave from this place, that we will become doers of your word, Father, and not just hearers of your word, Father. Empower us, God, because we realize that the Holy Ghost goes beyond these walls. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time, God. So that we'll leave from here. That we'll live a life, Heavenly Father, Lord. That can be an example for somebody, God. Help us, God. Fix our hearts. Fix our minds, God. Touch those, Heavenly Father, Lord, that are not with us this morning. God, we pause right now. To say a prayer for those who are on live stream right now, God. I'm praying for them right now in the name of Jesus, God. That, Lord, you would touch them wherever they may be, Heavenly Father, Lord. That, God, you will put a praise in their spirit right where they're at, Father. That they'll break out in a praise wherever they may be at right now, Father. That, God, they will give your name the glory, God. Because we know, Heavenly Father, Lord, that the blessing is in the praise, God. When we begin to praise you, God, simply for who you are, God. Touch those who are in hospital and convalescent homes, God. 
behind prison walls, God. Bless our time that we'll spend together tonight in our bowling alley, God. Keep us in your care. Bless us, Heavenly Father, Lord. Let us grow together as a church family, God, that we might bring honor and glory unto your name, God. We thank you. We praise you. And we honor you today. It is in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, the healer of our womb, the redeemer of our soul, God. It's in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ, the great I am, the bridge over troubled waters, the way out of no way. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and thank God. Now may the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit may it rest, rule, and abide with us now, hence and forevermore. Let every heart sing.